This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Thank you for tuning in to the Warning Radio program. We have an announcement to make. You can now view Dr. Hansen's television programs on Rumble, rumble rumble.com. You can search for him by looking for Warning TV, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Warning TV hyphen Dr. Jonathan Hansen. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share Dr. Hansen's videos on the Rumble platform by selecting the monetize embed code. Copy and paste that code into your Facebook, Twitter, blogs, personal websites, and other social media platforms. By doing so, you will enable Dr. Hansen and World Ministries International to receive an income through the viewing of these videos. You can bump up the status of these videos being provided for people to see by clicking on the plus symbol where it says Rumbles under the bottom left of the viewing pane. Reverend Dr. E.J. Buckhart is filling in for Dr. Hansen today as he is staying with his youngest daughter who is in an ICU unit in a hospital, very, very ill. We ask that you keep Melita Hansen and Dr. Hansen in your prayers, as Melita needs help in healing and recovery. And now, Reverend Dr. E.J. Buckhart is going to be sharing the message, Nothing New Under the Sun, which he recorded for the June 5 Sabbath service message for the WMI staff and their families. Now, let's begin. Mark. Chapter 3. Lord, as you bring the word to us today, Lord, let it touch our hearts and give us the strength and the encouragement to know that we're going through as always happened in the past. It's nothing new, but that you will see us through as you did, Israel. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I've kind of titled this, Nothing New Under the Sun, even though you won't understand that until I get to the end of the message. Because as we look at today's situation in our nation, it's not new. You read about it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there's a reason for that, that we do not need to fear, because God will see us through. As we start with verse 1, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man with a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. It's interesting. Jesus already knew the hearts of the Pharisees. 
He knew that they were looking for something to be able to attack him. They did not have the power and the authority to do the healings and the casting out of devils. But here's this guy, Jesus, out there doing this. And Jesus knew all about that. And that's why he says he watched them on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Jesus knew exactly the Pharisees. They knew he was angry at Jesus and that they would attack him. And Jesus says, okay, I'll go ahead and let you attack. When we get attacked, we don't need to run. Stand like Jesus. Yeah, let him attack me. If we know the truth, hey, nothing can, can, heck, can take us down. The Pharisees did not like Jesus' authority. They did not like his power. Pharisees and religious people of this day, they want a power and they want authority. If you look at our government officials, the ones that we don't particularly care for, they want power, they want authority. And they think if they have the money, they can do it. And in this world, money answers all things, it says. So if you have that love for money and you have the money, you can also buy power and authority. But does that mean that you're right and that you have the power and authority? Jesus, look at the Pharisees, says, yeah, you thought you had power and authority, but I'm God. They did not like that. How can a human being say to them, I'm God? I've always thought when he looked, Jesus put his finger down in the ground, he says, the finger of God. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. I am God, and they got ticked off. They got angry, very angry. Go to verse 3. And Jesus said unto the man that had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said to them, to them, that's the Pharisees, Is it lawful to do good on Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or kill? But they, the Pharisees, held their peace. What could they say? They could not come against Jesus. They could not. So they kept their mouth shut. But that didn't stop Jesus. He knew exactly what their heart was. And then when he looked around about them with anger, uh, I, I looked at this, and I've seen two different ways of looking at this. And I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. It says, and when he looked around about them, them with anger. Or it could be when he looked around about them, Jesus was angry at them. Now, anger can be righteous. I mean, we saw Jesus in the temple. I mean, he did some things that that uh, upset the tables and kind of told the people what to do and what not to do. But that's righteous anger. So I'm not sure in here whether that this verse where it says, on them with anger, in other words, was Jesus angry at them, or were they angry at Jesus? Either way, it still makes sense. Okay? But Jesus said he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. Now, there's another, uh, instead of hardness, it could be used blindness. The blindness of their heart. So either the hardness of the heart or blindness. Either word is, it's, the word in Greek has both meanings to it. But he grieved 
for their hardness of heart, and said to them, Search for, or he said to the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, whole as the others. If you look at John 12, 40, I'll get it right this time, folks, which I read. He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, and that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I shall heal them. Jesus blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts, so that they would not be converted. How do people get converted to the Lord? It's through God's calling of us. Each one of us was called by God. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't know the Lord. We have to be called by the Lord. I remember many years ago, I read an article about an evangelist that, you know, has witnessed for many, many years. And he made a comment. He says, I never, never led a person to the Lord that I didn't pray for that person prior to being led to the Lord. It's not me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit to open up their hearts, to open up their eyes. We just speak it. Now, where did this one in John come from? If you go back to Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, it says, And he said, Go tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And you see indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes, and let them see with their eyes and with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. That's where it came from Isaiah, which John refers to in Jesus. Because of the hardness of heart, and we could say of the hardness of heart of some of our religious leaders, for the hardness of heart of some of our political leaders, they do not see the truth. They can believe the lie. And unfortunately, until the Lord wants to open up their eyes, their eyes will not be opened. Their hearts will not be ready to receive the word. The key that we have to do is to pray for our leaders. Remember, it says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. That doesn't mean the leaders are correct or wrong. It says pray for your leaders. We don't pray for their souls and their hearts to be open to the word of God. And you've heard many stories of many people who are probably the worst people that you've probably ever known. They've given their lives over the Lord and they become a powerful tool. As we will be going into prayer for Melita, I stopped to think, and as Karen was talking to me this morning, here's a little baby that was lowering in a trap, trash heap. God had a purpose for that girl. In what she's going through right now, God has a purpose for her. Satan is probably very ticked off, like he usually gets ticked off at Christians who really speak the word. Because Jesus says, you will suffer for my name's sake, folks. It's not going to be all blessings. You're not going to have everything coming your way like the world wants, but you will suffer. But I will see you through your suffering and I will give you the victory. So when we come under suffering, and, and Dr. Hansen is going under such pain, I mean, I'm sure Adelia understands it because she's living with him, but he is hurting. And, but he's still trusting in the Lord. And I made a comment at a men's prayer, because Karen and I were praying for Melita before. 
that night. And I saw as Pastor arrives and walks into her room that her eyes will open and she will see her physical father. Physical father that loves her. But at the same time, God will come down and the God the Father will open up her eyes and she'll see it because there's a purpose for that young lady. And she's going to be a powerful witness. Can you see if we develop a, a opening here in Stanwood Camino Island and that young girl can stand up and give her a testimony? Who can argue with it? Nobody can argue with it. We've got testimonies in this room that have powerful testimonies. We don't have to go outside. We don't have to go out and find somebody that a famous person out there and tell his testimony. We don't have to go to Milton Alvarez. He's got a fantastic testimony. We can do it right here. We're starting to see things happen. And we've got to keep it moving. And as long as we allow the Holy Spirit to move, we can continue moving in that. In verse 6, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they may destroy him. Nothing is new under the sun. The religious leaders went to the government, say, hey, what can you do? We've heard the story of Watchman Nee, you know, that they wanted to put him under. And he went to the religious leader, and they, for 12 days, I think it was, they searched, and the religious leader said, yeah, he's guilty. In other words, the religious leaders work with the government. Now, who's the guilty one? I, when I graduated from the seminary, I had to be examined by three professors at the seminary, represented the Lutheran Church, at that time the American Lutheran Church, and they determined whether or not I was fit to be a pastor. And my message that I wrote on that was exegesis, who killed Jesus? I'm looking for the document, but I can't find it. But it was probably 36 pages long, exegesis, because I did a, I had a degree in Greek, and who killed Jesus? Was it the Jews? Was it Pilate? Who killed Jesus? We know who hung him on the cross, physically, the soldiers. But how did he get to that point? It was when the religious leaders got together with the government and said, hey, we want this guy put out. We don't like him. He's against us. And we don't want to lose our authority with the government. We want to keep our position with the government. And we got to get rid of this guy, even though he didn't have anything to do with the government. Jesus did not come against the government. If you go into countries that are under communist control, we have churches there that are registered. As long as they do what the government says, they're fine. But also in these countries, you have the underground churches. Now, when Pastor and I, and I don't know who else was with us, went down to Cuba... Now, that was interesting. At the time, Cuba was not an open country. But we got, we got in. And it was the first time in 50 years, because they have an underground church and they have the registered churches. And we had both of them there. But it was the first time that Fidel Castro allowed pastors to meet together. They can have their churches, and they have the little building. You can't add to the building. You can't do anything, but you can have your little church service. and Just be, just don't pray for anybody on the street. That was a sin. That would put you in jail. But you could preach the gospel in your church. That's fine. But just don't pray for people outside in the street. Now, 
we were there. We had these all these pastors that got together for the first time in 50 years to have communion together, to worship together for three days. You, I have never seen so many tears in grown men's eyes that we did during that deal. I mean, 50 years you've never been able to share with another pastor. And the head man that invited us to go is an American. He knew that one of the top men of Fidastro's government was there. Okay? And he, and he went and prayed for him. He's supposed to pray. This is one of Fidel Castro's top men. He laid hands on him, and the guy shook. And he thought he would be in jail that night. He really thought he would be in jail that night. Nothing happened. The guy never showed up the next day. There was another person that showed up, but not him. Be interested to know what happened to that guy, because he was shaking in his boots when this pastor laid hands on him. But then we had the underground church, and we actually went out to spoke to one of the underground churches. And all the pastors that were there, they just spread out. American pastors spread out, went to these little churches. Uh, I just see kids flagging flags, the kids up there waving flags and going. I mean, just, it was wonderful in the country of Cuba. But nothing was ever done to anybody. Now, what happened after all that period of time, I do not know. But it was, it was a wonderful experience. And someone can help me now. There's one other story about Cuba. He's a singer. And just a couple years ago, he went down and met with Fidel Castro's son. It could have been. Right now, I don't know. But he met with his son. And his son took him into where Fidel Castro had his seat. And uh, and uh, so, if it was, whoever this was went in and sat in his seat. He said, sit in his, sit in his seat. And uh, he says, can I pray in here? He says, sure, go ahead and pray. And so he prayed. And then the son took him into the throne room where he makes all, where Fidel Castro makes all of his big importance. He prayed for his son. So even when things look bad, nothing is impossible for God. But you've got to have some guts. You've got to have some, which is basically strong belief in a relationship with the Lord to do that. And as pastors always told us, he says, if nothing can happen to you unless God allows it. Now, in that statement is very serious. If God allows it, he could ask you to be martyred. Because guess who's going to come back and reign in a thousand years? Those who have been beheaded for the sake of Christ. So if God does allow you to be sacrificed for him, you gain something. Nothing to be fearful of. I guess as I get a little bit older, and life gets a little bit shorter at the other end, you start to lose some of the fear that you used to have because you wanted to be able to live forever. But then when you get a little bit older and a little few pains set in here and a few little pains set in there and a, and a few little things, you say, well, Lord, maybe it's time I go home and put, not put up with all this suffering. But remember, the Lord says you will suffer, so why not suffer to the end, okay? Forget about the little diseases that we have, little aches and pains, you know. God will see us through that because we know at the end what it's going to be like. And the last point I wanted to make is the day is 
we see religious leaders in America, many, many pastors, and pastors says, you know, the church is responsible for everything that's taking place in our country. If the church would stand up and rise up, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. We've got a lot of weak pastors out there that are they're more concerned about their own physical life and their welfare and having the respect of the community than they are to do the suffering for the Lord. And these are the religious leaders who will probably turn you and I in to the government. Who killed Jesus? Was it the religious leaders or was it the government? Who is it that may take us out? The religious leaders or the government? Nothing is new under the sun because it says right in here, the Pharisees went to the government, the Herodians, to do what they had to do. We've been talking here when we had Richard and his campaign manager came and spoke to here, and then Dr. Hansen went and met with, uh, with, with, uh, Mr. who's running for Senate? Pardon? Lauren Culp, down at uh, Missions Motors. And we know Tony very well. Vance is very well known with that family. But anyway, they're a very strong Christian businessman in this community. And I can see things starting to happen in the Stanwood Camino Island area. And it's going to happen not with the church. It's going to happen with the leaders of the community, which will then grab in a guy like Dr. Hansen a very spiritual man, to lead the churches into a revival in this community. Some other things I like to say, but I'm not going to say it right now, but I, I, I see something happening. And back when I started with that, when we moved up here 20 years ago, there was a lady that, that said that there's a little square on a map. She says, this is a safe haven, and it's exactly this area, not necessarily our property, but this little area. And she says, that's where the revival is going to break out. This is 20 years ago. But God does have, he has no time. His timing is different than ours. So I'm starting to see what's happening here in this little fellowship that we have. Some of the healings that have taken place. And some of the things that are taking place. We're going to see something. If we allow the Holy Spirit to move. And not to hinder the movement of the Spirit. Because the thing that can stop things so fast is when man gets in the way of a move of the Holy Spirit. And you've heard the story of Pastor. I was with him when he was in uh, Ghana, where they, he got, they gave him such a wonderful introduction, Dr. Hansen. And Dr. Hansen stood up and said, now let's give thanks to the Lord. Let's get a praise offering to the Lord. They started clapping. Probably 2,000 people in this place. Forty. Five minutes before the stopping, the clapping stopped. People screamed. We know people were released. People were healed. He did not stop the move of the Holy Spirit. And you know how much pastor likes to speak, right? <laughs> you know what all your pastors want to speak. <clears throat> but anyway, they want the platform. But he let it go, and we saw wonderful things take place. I've been in a church, my daughter's church down in, when she was in Oklahoma at the time. <clears throat> and uh, we went to church service. Well, they're going to dedicate a new building that day. But the pastor gave a tremendous message. He gave a call. And he, he actually said, well, well, we stand up and do this. So I stood up. I will. And then another yellow gentleman got up, stood up. I will. And he says, cut it. That's it. Because they had things to go. 
They had things to do. If he would have let that thing go, it would have been amazing what would have happened, I think. And I learned a lesson that day. Don't be careful. If you're in a ministry people and you're leading a congregation, don't cut the spirit off if the spirit starts to move. I mean, it may start like Rodney Brown. Everybody started laughing. But you don't make a ministry out of it. Was that a move of the Holy Spirit? I think it was. The Holy Spirit moves differently at different times. We don't know how he's going to move, but we got to move with him. And I hope to see a move in this country, in this county, or in this city, in Camino Island, in Stanwood. I, I really think it's going to happen. And I see some things uh, in the future that may allow it to happen. But we have to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That particular scripture where it says the Pharisees went forth straightway and took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. This was the beginning of the religious attack on Jesus. From that point on, they were after him to get rid of him because he had power and he had authority and they wanted it. They thought they had it, but they didn't. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.